Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y for 67369. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Maze, this was a uh, this was a it's a real choice. This is I, I've been feeling nervous all day. This was a nervous watch because oh man, this is the first movie that I really care about that has come up on this podcast. Yeah, like just to be clear, like your affinity for this movie is this genuine. Is not, yeah, this is not like me like white chicks. Like I know it's a bad movie, but it's got some funny scenes in it that makes me laugh very hard. This is like no, this movie's good. This is a movie I've probably seen like 20 times. It's wow. one of my favorite movies to watch with one of my good friends. Interesting. How? Interesting. How? 2007, when this movie came out, was my senior year of high school. I'm going to go ahead and chalk it up to that. Uh-huh. And it's now it's nostalgic <laughs> for me. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, look. There's no way we can take that nostalgia from you. No, no, no. You guys will. I'm looking forward to you guys trying to make me feel really bad about this choice. I don't think you are. I don't think you are. 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, how do you feel about like the Lonely Island videos in general? Well, see, that's the thing, because like, like I'd never seen this movie Hot Rod. Like, I'd seen it like the trailer that came out and said, ah, it doesn't look that good. But that was before like I saw classics like Jizz in My Pants. And uh, uh, um, dick in a box. Uh, dick, dick in a box. I'm a mother lover. You're a mother lover. We should fuck each other's mothers. Like, like, I like, I like, I like, I enjoy all of those little short videos. I did see Pop Star, and I didn't like it. And really? I was like, interesting. I, like, I thought I Pop Star like was hilarious. I love oh, Pop man. Star as well. I mean, like, I, I don't want to give away the. Uh, the, the the meat and potatoes of my sure. dissertation sure. on this, but I'm going to just say this. Andy Samberg reminds me a lot, not just because he was in a movie with him, but he reminds me a lot of Adam Sandler. Mm, yep, I got I, I have similar I, notes. Like, I can't, it's just a, a brand of humor that has never, ever, ever appealed to me. Megan Boy should do it like this. Get out of my room. Like I, that doesn't never made me laugh. It's never it didn't make me laugh when Adam Sandler did it and Andy Samberg doing a watered down version of it is even like even worse. I, I guess I guess the biggest overall critique I have for this movie is it's just dull, man. Like I, like I would honestly rather watch Wicker Man or Knowing a hundred times and watch yeah, this. I mean, you're, so now you're picking good movies. <laughs> no, so but, I don't but, know if that's a but fair in this term, sense, <laughs> in this sense, at least those movies are so bad I mean, that like they're I can laugh at like, oh my god, look how corny and like over the top, and they didn't know that they thought they were being cool, but this is actually really, really poorly made. As opposed to this, where it's just like nothing's happening, nothing's happening. Oh, he hit him. Oh. Oh, he crashed into a thing. Oh, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. The movie's over. Everybody looks pissed. Like, what was that? That was a family guy, right? Right. Where, where Brian is a seeing eye dog and he takes a blind guy to the movie. Oh, it's Blair Witch Project. Like, nothing's yeah. happening. Nothing's <laughs> happening. Um, something about a witch. <laughs> nothing's <laughs> happening. Movie's over. Everyone looks pissed. That's exactly how I felt watching this movie. Uh, you know, the the Sandler-Sandberg thing is, is interesting to me because... It reminds me of like, I don't, I'm not a huge Sandler guy at all. Right. There's like two movies I really like and the rest of them. You could, I could never see him again and, I, and I'm happy. Um, but it's, but I look at it as like when we, when not we collectively, not we us, but like when people saw like Trevor Reza and then a couple of years later there was Devin Ebanks and we're like, Oh man, look, it's the next Trevor Reza. Right. And like, that's the Sandler the Laker jersey. Yeah. yeah. That's the Sandler, uh, Sandberg thing for me. Yeah, Sandberg does a Sandler impression too, and it's kind of a generational thing. And their their names sound similar, so I totally get that. But it's clear, like there's a there's an influence there. Like yeah. the, the the scene, like I tell you where it hit me. I felt it in the past before, but the scene where it hit me clear as day because this was his first movie, right? Right. This was like the Adam Sandberg. I'm about to like this is the vehicle that's going to launch my film career, and the scene where, um he's on his bed on his laptop yep. or so, or, and then someone opens the door. He started, I was like, Oh man, you just doing an Adam Sandler. Like that's who you're trying to be. You're Adam Sandler. You have a crew of like stupid idiot friends. And like, it's never really clear how old you are. You look old enough to be like 30, but through the context of the movie, like you're still in high school or no, cause girl next door is from college. Like that's how every Adam Sandler movie you're looking at. like, well, how old is this person supposed to be? Like, okay, Billy Madison and 
and Mr. Deeds and the Water Boy, and they're all like these Arrested Development type characters. Not the show, but the actual term Arrested Development, like where like you are an adult who acts like an eight year old or whatever. So I mean, I, I just. I, I I suppose that's a brand of humor that appeals to people. I'm not one of them. And unfortunately, it's not even bad enough for me to be like, oh, my God, this was terrible. It was just, it was just there, like a dead fish. You know the problem with Hollywood is? They make shit. Unbelievable, unremarkable shit. So I was legitimately offended. You were offended? I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. It absolutely, I was absolutely offended. They're fucking making shit up, I mean. Inconsequential detail after inconsequential yeah. detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm there holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking yeah. all along. <laughs> The podcast where we break down the movies that you're afraid to admit you love. Maybe not this one. I'm Zach Harper, joined by Amin Al-Hassan, Anthony Mays. Producing this show, picking movies, wrapped in nostalgia. This is the podcast where we think uh, these bad movies don't get enough respect. This week on Cinephobe, as you know from the title, it's the 2007 comedy, Hot Rod. Stars Andy Samberg. It's his film debut. Uh, at the time, he was a cast member of Saturday Night Live. He had been there for a couple of years. Uh, he was about to be a voice uh, of a character named Ham in Space Chimps. Oh, my God. It also stars his Lonely Island friends, um, along with Bill Hader, Danny McBride, Will Arnett, Isla Fisher, Sissy oh. Spacek, and Ian McShane. This, this, this is how I knew the deal, the jig was up. They made Danny McBride not funny. Yeah, there's oh, only on, one. Man. No, there, no, there's I'm like maybe you, two moments where he's kind yeah. of funny, and that's it. Yeah, Aww. yeah, yeah, man. Like, like, like I and I, I just got. If you remember when we reviewed Land of the Lost, I said literally Danny McBride could read a phone book, yeah. and I would laugh. He's just funny like that. Walton Goggins, same way, who's his co-star on uh, The Righteous Gemstones. Yeah, he's immensely funny. People, that literally, I, I truly believe you could give him like the manual for my dishwasher, and they can make me laugh just reading it verbatim. And I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, oh, my God, they sucked the funny out of him, too? So this movie yeah. was written by Pam Brady, uh, who's also written and produced for uh, a, bunch of, a bunch of South Park shows and movies. Was uh, Pam Brady the, the younger sister? The one that was always mad about Marsha, Marsha, Marsha? That's Jan Brady. Oh, close enough. Jan Brady, fucking yeah. garbage. Wow. Well, well, I wouldn't blame her for this one, I mean, because this, this movie was originally a vehicle for Will Ferrell, and then he didn't do the movie, and so when the Lonely Island guys got their hands on it, it wasn't written for them at all, so they rewrote the entire script to suit their style. Oh, I'm about to say Will Ferrell must have a hell of an agent. <laughs> yeah, and they rewrote it and basically ripped off this 1986 movie Rad, which is about a BMX biker. So I've got a note later on, but I got to be honest. I thought we were watching Rad. I, conf- I had confused myself, 
and I thought we were going to watch the movie rad. You not, actually, not for real? Road. Yeah, for real. It was about 20 minutes in. And I'm like, Oh, right. No, this is like, I, and I obviously knew Andy Samberg wasn't in rad, but I had been confusing the two in my head. We're about 20 minutes in the movie. I was like, Oh wait, this isn't rad. This is just a knockoff of rad. Well, rad was like supposed to be serious, right? It wasn't supposed to be a comedy. It's not. I, I like, don't know. Yeah. I don't know rad. Yeah, Rad is like Karate Kid BMX. Right, right, exactly. Um, So this movie is directed by, how do you say his name? Akiva Schaefer? Yeah. His name should be Never Should Direct Again. (laughs) Well, I I disagree because, so that's one of the Lonely Island friends. He's directed all all the Lonely Island stuff. He's also directed the movie The Watch and Popstar. I think Popstar is good. And MacGruber. Oh, he did MacGruber oh, too. Again, like, uh, like so, so this. Okay, so this goes back to. I, I'll say maybe I have a little bit of a bias here. Every single SNL movie, they all smack of. This would be really funny as a two or three minute sketch. Yep. And it's just they. Every single one, MacGruber was funny as a sketch, and then they made a movie out of it. Like this is trash. I didn't like Ladies Man. I didn't like Night at the Roxbury. I didn't like any Ooh, of these movies. I had the Roxbury. Or the one, good. the Mo- Molly Shannon one, which is the, the oh, superstar. I like, didn't like all that. of these movies. I'm just like, you guys are just taking the bit and stretching it over 90 minutes, and just banking on all these idiots who tune in SNL every week will come out and watch this movie. And there's no actual like for people who are supposed to be really funny writers and very the funniest scene on there, like so selected by like. Uh, by the hand of Lorne Michaels, like they're really not good at making movies. I don't feel like. I mean, there there are some that are that are good and huge, but I think for the most part, you're you're de- you're spot on. The synopsis for Hot Rod is self-proclaimed stuntman Rod Kimball is preparing for the jump of his life to clear 15 buses to raise money for his abusive stepfather Frank's life-saving heart operation. The tagline: I mean, smack destiny in the face. All right. So, question about this, like. His his stepdad is dying. It's gonna take fifty grand. Where are you gonna get it? You don't got it. And then he goes out on a ride or whatever because he's sad. And then he looks at billboard and it says the biggest jump of your life or whatever. And he says, "Oh, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna jump fifteen buses to raise fifty grand." I'm like, "What's the connection?" I thought there would be like a competition or something. Well, the connection like- is Evil Knievel, right? Okay. Evil Knievel did fourteen buses. Okay. But what does that have to do with making fifty thousand dollars? It's a great question. Like that was I never understood. Like, whoa, wait, how did we make this leap? Like everyone just kind of goes with it. Yeah, we'll do this jump, and I'm like, but where does the money come in? Like, who's gonna pay you to do this? Maze, you got a defense? We're crunching numbers now. I thought we didn't do that on this <laughs> podcast. I mean, I mean, I'm just saying, like, but like, there, there's some bare basics though. Like the basics. That whole sequence is the stupidest and most absurd part of the movie. And it ends with him seeing a billboard that says one big jump. What was the, the the sequence was him being angry in the woods and like, yeah, his flash dance sequence. And then he falls for like seven minutes. But it, exactly. It's like, it's, it's a bit that should have lasted like 20, 30 seconds top. And it, and it took him like three minutes to get through. And I'm just like, okay, we get it. He's falling a long way. Okay. I get it. He's mad. And he's like, they just kept going. Like it's not even beating a dead horse. It's digging up horses that are already dead to beat them up. $5.3 million budget, success. Because it grossed $13.9 million in the U.S., $14.3 million worldwide. Surprised it made that much worldwide. Peanuts. Playing with peanuts here. $5 million budget? <laughs> what were they going to spend it on, Maze? <laughs> 
The billboard? I think it's the billboard. I think that's the big expense there. Let's jump in this movie. Before you listen to the rest of the podcast, Hot Rod is available on Amazon or Stars. Stars subs on Amazon. That's how I got it. I got it on Amazon Prime. So. Oh, okay. I mean, like, it's, it's free on Amazon Prime. Everyone Hot has Rod. Amazon Prime, right? I think so. Like, at this point, like, no one, like, they've, they've got us all. I don't even know how much Amazon Prime costs. That's, that's how long I've had Amazon Prime. Yeah, I think it's 80 bucks a year, 90 bucks a year, something like wow, that. Wow, that's pretty steep. But uh, over 12 months, it's not bad. They've, they've been getting me, though. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like 2 or $3. Oh, now, you went from everyone's got this right to like, shit, maybe I should cancel this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. Like, it, it, it comes in, like, too much too much free shipping, man. It is, yeah, free. You say, I mean, it pays for itself. Plus, you get all this stuff. You get all these like the, movies, the, and yeah, music, the movies, the movies and TV stuff. To me, is just gravy. Like I get yeah. Amazon Prime for to buy stuff, but then it's like, oh my god! And I get all these movies, these terrible, terrible maze suggested movies for free. <laughs> I like that. Amin is has gone to this is a a pod a podcast about bad movies to a podcast about bad movies that only maze likes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, Hot Rod. Receives a 39% from critics on 117 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. 64% from the audience on over 300,000 ratings. Uh, do we want the positive reviews or the negative reviews first? Give me the positive. I want to I hear what someone who just like this movie has to say for it. Alonzo Duraldi of MSNBC. No, wait, re- no, 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 no. He knows where his bread is buttered. Give me someone else. Hot Rod, wait, hold on. Hot Rod emerges as a daffy, dorky summer surprise, a silly comedy of non sequiturs that feels like a cockeyed celebration between Will Ferrell and Mel Brooks. Wow. Ryan. I'm offended. <laughs> I'm, I'm more offended. I'm more offended than the movie where they have to explain 9 11 to us. Ryan yeah, I'm Cracknell, more offended than that. Ryan Cracknell of uh, Movie Views. It's a simple comedy that tries to be nothing but. At times, it is simple. Simple hilarity. Other times, it's a little too Napoleon Dynamite for its own good. That's actually a pretty accurate, other than it's funny. Yeah. Part. Like, like, like it, it is simple. Yes. And it does. There was definitely moments where I'm like, this, this is trying to be like Napoleon Dynamite. I thought Napoleon Dynamite was funny. Yeah, that's so actually that's that's funny. Yeah, so there's a part of me that's like, like, clearly, it's not me. Like, I've watched movies of this ilk before and found them funny. It's right. just. This is not funny. Ken Fox of TV Guy. Ken Fox is a repeat uh, reviewer on here. Uh, TV Guy guy. That's a. There's a pretty good chance you'll find at least some of it pretty funny. Two and a half out of five stars. No, no, there wasn't a good chance that we found some of it pretty funny. All right, negative reviews. John. By the Anderson, way, the MSNBC dude. Like, why don't you just go ahead and suck Lauren Michaels' dick while you're at it? Jesus. <laughs> that is aggressive. John Anderson of Newsday. A charmless idiot, a clumsy ripoff of jackass, and one more tiresome exercise in arrested adolescence. Add them up and you have hot wow. rod. Wow. We speak to we speak in my language, my man. Go Richard, up. Richard Richard Roper of Ebert and Roper. We know from the lazy Sunday bit, Sandberg's a funny guy, but he doesn't have enough to work with here. Claudia Puig of USA Today. If you're looking yeah, for plus- he doesn't he doesn't have enough to work with, even though he's the one that reworked the whole script. Yeah, rewrote so the whole they- thing with his friends. Uh, Claudia Puig of USA Today. If you're looking for plausibility, this is not your movie. If you're looking for laughs, this is not your movie. Uh, if, you're, if you like seeing delusional, overgrown adolescents fall down a lot, then this one's for you. Claudia made me laugh harder than any moment in that movie. Any moment but one. There was one moment I legit laughed. And I was like, that's funny. Brett Michelle of Boston Phoenix. The results are barely worth an illegal download. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> Good job, Fred. Cheryl Dawson and Leanne Pallone of TheMovieChicks.com. More like Luke Warmrod. Okay. You, you deserve to be in the movie. <laughs> John Popick of Planet S Magazine. Andy Sandberg is tolerable in a 90-second digital short on Saturday Night Live, but very, very far from tolerable in a 90-minute feature film. Yeah, yeah. Kyle Smith Yo. of the New York Post. Hot Rod started to go bad about the time someone in casting said, you know what? I'll bet America is just about ready for the comedy stylings of Sissy Spacek. Jim Hempel of Real.com. So lazy and so void of even the most rudimentary sense of storytelling that it showers the viewers with contempt. I've never felt as abused by a filmmaker as I did in Hot Rod. I won't go that far, but yeah, like it's yes, the, the first sentence. Absolutely. I'm not going to say I felt abused. I like I, it's just. I would have rather I've been abused. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, like, yeah. If you're gonna be bad, go right. bad, man. Right. Go all the way bad. Don't don't be foot around it. Be Norm McDonald intentionally bombing at a rope. Oh my god. Right? That's yeah, that's that's funny. All right, two more. Sue Plerman of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Uh, at least Hot Rod proves one thing. Even with the lowest expe- even with the lowest expectations, it's possible to be disappointed. Yeah. And then John Thomason of Orlando Weekly, the absolute dregs of American comedy. <laughs> those are all very accurate yeah uh, well done well done from the critics like they they captured my feeling in many 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 ways uh may's thoughts going into this i mean it's so angry <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm just holding my tongue until we start talking about the movie because i, I laugh right. a lot at this movie so wow a lot is an interesting choice of words Let's get into it. We open on Rod Kimball putting on a costume. He's going to jump a mail truck. Uh, his friends are videoing it. They, we find out they didn't reinforce the takeoff ramp. He says, soul of an eagle, and one appears in his mind above him. He pedals towards the ramp, barely gets up. It collapses. He crashes horribly. He's vomiting. That's our intro. Sets the tone. He's not a real stuntman. During the filming of the opening scene where Rod attempts jumping over this, uh, the stuntman playing Rod actually broke his leg. That's a little factoid there. How much of the $5 million budget was to pay for that guy's <laughs> Oh, wait, it means what, what's the, what's the first, uh, what's the first line of your notes? Like a bad Adam Sandler movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, which now given the, the depths of which I don't like Adam Sandler or his movies, I should say. You should know how bad that is. Like, how yeah. bad of a... You call it a bad Adam Sandler movie? Like, given that they have, like, a kind of baseline of, this is how good your standard Adam Sandler movie is. This is way worse than that. Yeah, nothing really happens for a while, right? Like, so I wrote... The entire like, movie. I wrote... Yeah I, yeah, I guess 89 minutes of it. Um, I wrote, this movie's trying to be an 80s movie, I guess. this Again, this is before I made the realization that I thought I was watching Rad. Uh, montage of him riding through the town. Kids are riding behind him. Tells him he's jumping a public pool. Uh, he's a bumbling trickster with the bike. His friends are at a food place. He's blind tasting uh, jelly bellies. Bill Hader is flirting with the, uh, the server. Uh, Danny McBride finds fireworks in the men's ba- bathroom and they don't work. And then I wrote four minutes in and nothing has happened, but this house looks like the house from the movie Adventureland. They're probably both shot in Vancouver. I like the way that Danny McBride says, I just found a bag of fireworks in the men's bathroom. Would you like to light them off? I like I I gave it the laugh of like, oh, here we go. Some classic Danny McBride humor. Yeah. And then nothing happened. And I'm like, oh, they'll let him get some later. Like I just kept I, I mean, kept waiting I, for Danny McBride to like 
steal the show for me in some way. This is a real question. Do you think him not having hair in this movie affected his ability to be funny? No. Okay. Here's, here's why. Because in the chamber of one of these movies that we're going to do sooner or later is the 2007, I believe, film The Heartbreak Kid starring Ben Stiller and Danny McBride's in that movie. And he similarly doesn't have like it's either like he's clean shaven or he's got a low haircut. Either way, he's funny in that one. OK. Uh, so now we're back. We're in the house. Rod is going to fight. Um his stepdad, it's Kevin. It's Kevin. So who's that? What's the guy's name? Jorma. Is that the real guy's name? Yeah, Jorma, a cinephobe, double dipper. Him. He was in Land of the Lost with Danny McBride as the the monkey. Oh, that's right. Oh. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's that's who that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin, so he's the his, other. Lo- his stepbrother he, is is the is Chaka. Chaka. Yeah. yeah. Chaka. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like uh, right. I, I like him a little bit more now. Wow. All right. Wow. Uh, so they're going to fight. It's Kevin's real dad. It's Rod's stepdad. Uh, he's putting on a fake mustache. It's play. The dad is Frank played by Ian McShane. He's the, uh, hotel management in John wick. Also, by the way, Ian McShane, true story for his entire career. I've been getting him and Gabriel Byrne mixed up. (laughs) Okay. No, he, he looks like a bug eyed Gabriel Byrne. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so he tries to sneak up on the stepdad stepdad hits him. says, never sneak up on a man who's been in a chemical fire. I wrote laugh question mark. Is that a funny line? No. Okay. Frank kicks his ass all over the basement. There's this exchange. All great men have mustaches. Yeah. But real men actually grow them. You know, I have a hormone disorder. Yeah. Like again, that was like a very Adam Sandler delivery. Yeah. Like, first of all, second of all, the fight scene again was just, oh, would it be funny if he just broke a lot of things? He threw him through a wall. I'm just like, uh, like the physical humor has to be funnier than just someone getting thrown around. Otherwise, it just looks like a fight scene. Right. And I'm just like, I don't know. Okay, so then he has to go take out the trash is where we meet Denise, played by Isla Fisher. Uh, She's the neighbor. This was two years after Wedding Crashers. So I wrote she had to be concerned. (laughs) <laughs> yeah pretty i mean i think the supporting cast everyone is overqualified yeah yeah oh for sure which ups the level of the performances which are all kind of nothing parts so this isla fisher part is a nothing part yeah so uh you know rod obviously loves her he's he says at one point you look pretty she didn't hear him says what did you say and he panics and says uh, i said you look shitty good night um, the only reason I make note of this is there's a note on IMDb that it was raining during the shots of Andy Samberg and the rain had to be digitally removed. So maybe, maybe that's where your money is right five, there. Five, yeah. million, five million right there. Yeah. Um, I, then I write, so here are my thoughts eight minutes in. It's hard to have one of those characters with extremely stunted growth that makes you feel like they've gone through horrible tragedy uh, to stunt them mentally or that they have a mental disorder or challenge which left them behind. It's essentially half of the Sandler movie characters, and it always falls more awkward than funny to me. It's part of the reason I hate Billy Madison. Wow. Do we have a podcast or what? This guy right <laughs> Sirius XM, are you listening? You know, Maze, thoughts? I'm with you. The, 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 yeah. the setup is, you know, he's a man child. He's never grown up. He just does stunts all day with his friends. He doesn't have a job. It's part of the reason why, like, I love Parks and Rec, but I always struggle with Chris Pratt's character because I, I don't know. I'm like, 
how how, that's how it. bad is it right like how was, bad is the intelligence because like at a certain point then you're just uh, you're you're laughing at a challenged person you, you are basically echoing the thoughts of one robert downey jr in tropic thunder right oh yeah you never go full right because the idea is like there has to be some element of normalcy so that we can feel comfortable laughing at this character right. the closer that they get towards the end of the spectrum that that uh, sliding scale or whatever, the more and more uncomfortable we become because now I'm just laughing at someone's disability, not someone being an idiot. Right. Exactly. I mean, I don't think he's got a disability. I mean, I think he's just like a 20 year old suburban spoiled kid. Are you typically amused or entertained by the man child movies, Maze? I mean, what's funny is that Kevin and Rod are stepbrothers, and then a year later we get stepbrothers, which does the man child thing. Yes. To the apex. Uh, oddly enough. Well, though, right? Yeah. yeah. But that's funnier because they're like 45. Well, no, it's not just that. But they, but they don't come off as maybe they're challenged, right? They come off as they come off as guys who didn't want to grow up. I mean, I wasn't getting that read from Rod at all. Oh, see, because it's it's the get out of my room. It's all the shit that Amin's talking about. That's when I'm like, I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> I mean, that's interesting. That's yeah. something that never occurred and to I, me. And I never get that sense once in Step Brothers. To me, it's just it's people who never wanted to grow up. They're not morons. Challenged like, to grow up. They're, like, yeah. they're clearly morons in Step Brothers. Like, yeah. How is that? How is he not a moron who's never challenged to grow up? Well, because now I'm thinking, like, with all the stunt shit, like maybe he maybe he's got some head injuries that really put him <laughs> behind. Like I don't. Like, these are the thoughts going through my head when I'm not I laughing. I don't want it. I don't want it to be to come across as like I was offended by this portrayal. No, like, I'm no, not no, saying no. that. I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah, you're trying. You're trying to place it. I don't know. I don't know what they were going for. Like it's. It's. I, I don't. I don't. I can't. T- I, honestly, I would have to sit and think really hard to try and figure out why Step Brothers does it so well, and Andy Samberg and Hot Rod doesn't do it well, or and Adam Sandler in any movie doesn't do it well. Right. Um. I. I don't know. I, I think. I, I I can't I can't call it, man. Um so here here's one of three legitimate laughs from me coming up right here. So we find out he loves Evil Knievel. I and I write the note, I don't really get the Evil Knievel shit at all, but he loves him. Uh he has a photo of two men. One of them is Evil Knievel, the other guy in the picture has a circle with an arrow pointing it that says dad. I didn't this, laugh. I was, I was see, like, that legitimately made me laugh. Like that's a funny prop. That he would but have like, to circle, but unless he has a disability, and now that's uncomfortable. No, no. Can we drop this? <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> have a disability. <laughs> the movie was all built around yo. You got to laugh at this joke. He circled his dad in the picture and wrote "dad" on it. Then it's like, man, like you're in trouble. I th- well, no, I, I agree. I just I legitimately laughed at that point, and and it gave me hope when I saw that picture. Just the idea that you would have to circle who dad is. It gave me hope. Don't worry, that hope never really fulfills. Uh, I just write the note. He's really trying to get by on making weird faces and overacting emotions. And then I wrote, sometimes writing matters. So now we get to the pool jump. Uh, Rico, who is Danny McBride, Dave, who is Bill Hader, um, are setting up for the pool jump. Some dude named Richardson wants in on the crew. They say he can't be in it because he doesn't do anything. He then dances by pelvic thrusting to 80s music. I wrote the note, what's happening? You don't do anything, Richardson. Oh, do I? That's his move. That's all he's got. But okay, all right. Like that's not funny. But I could see like okay, it's funny that he like he's trying to be so. But then they go for like. It's, seven, yeah, it goes too long. Eight, yeah. Like how long is he gonna dance? I'm. I'm just. Uh, does this add up to anything? 
Or did this dude really want to be in the movie? And, and like, that was literally his audition. I could dance. And oh, yeah. I don't know where they found this guy. I've been, I've always wondered where this guy came from. I'll give you a great example of if you want a non sequitur and for it to be funny. Think of Dirty Mike and the Boys in the other Oh, guy. my God. They don't give us a funny. whole goddamn no. backstory on them, guys. It's just like, no. love Dirty Mike and the Boys. And you see them over there, and they're all like, bums. Oh, and then later on, they're like, oh, Dirty Mike and the There's Boys. Like, callback. Just, yeah, right. You just reference it quick. There they go. Boom. Let's keep it moving. Like, no, let's keep him dancing. Now, now, now pick up the other leg. And now, thrust it. It's, did, did, were y'all trying to stretch the script? You know, I believe, like, the definition of a feature film has to be more than 60 minutes, so... Like I felt like, oh, guys, we got to keep going in order to make six. If you cut, if you cut down the jokes to a proper amount of time, it's probably about a forty-five minute movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, second laugh for me, and this stu- this kind of thing will always get me. As Bill Hader is trying to get people out of the pool, Danny McBride is kind of helping him, pushes but this kid. kid, this kid walks by and he pushes the kid in the pool just for no reason. Yeah, and. It reminds me of the scene in Kicking and Screaming where Will Ferrell runs onto the field and just pushes a kid over in celebration. Like I, that will always get me. Yeah, or like Peyton Manning drilling children with the football in that SNL sketch. Yeah, like that that stuff is always funny to me, but now he's got to do the jump. He says, totem spirit fox, and a fox appears, and I wrote, I get it. Yeah, the spirit animal stuff is It strange. doesn't hit at all. Tries to jump the pool. I thought this was the funniest looking stunt that they did. Interesting. He shorts it so hard. This is one of the stunts he was allowed to do, like safely. So yeah. this is actually him doing the stunt. Maybe that's why I was funny. <laughs> I wrote, I wrote the, I wrote the note. Betty makes it. Nope, he doesn't. Halfway into the pool. No, I knew he wasn't going to make it. And I, I was thinking, if they want to make this funny, he's got to like fail miserably, and they did. But I, like, I just kind of like smiled. I didn't laugh. Yeah. I like, I literally have two lines. One line where I, I chuckled, and one line, one scene where I legit laughed. Like that was funny. And oddly enough, it came at damn near the end of the movie. <laughs> And I was like, uh, it made it even funnier for me. But go uh, ahead. Rod, so Rod goes home. We find out Frank, the stepdad, is sick. He needs a heart transplant. He's been sick for 21 years. They didn't want to tell Rod because they didn't think he could handle it. Would have been funnier if the dude was his actual dad and Kevin was the stepson. That actually would be funnier. I thought I would have. I see, it would have been hilarious to me. Yeah. That, like, he, he hates his own son. But he but loves like, his stepkid. Loves yeah. his stepkid. That would have actually been funny as opposed to just. Oh, that is a lot funnier. That's a funny twist. Yeah. Rod still wants to fight Frank. Sorry, boy, my time's up. But I still need to kick your ass. How can I do that if you're dead? Well, then I guess I'll die still champion. No way. Let's do it right now. One more for the road. Beating me wouldn't mean anything now. I'm all through. All I want is to earn your respect, Frank. How can I do that if you won't fight me? Well, maybe you should have thought of that before you sucked at being a man all your life. Oh, my God. I hate you so much. I just want to smash your face in. Too late. I'm a dead man. What about the transplant? Oh, sure. Fifty grand. You gonna pay for it? No. Of course you're not. Let's face it. You're a kid. You live at home. You got no job. All you're good for is goofing around with your friends on your moped. You're wrong, Frank. I'm not a kid. I'm a man. I am going to get you better, and then I'm going to beat you to death. You couldn't beat a drum. Rod said he needs to go to his quiet place. He goes to the middle of the woods, does a dramatic punch dance thing for too long. He's smoking. He's drinking. I wrote the note. We're 14 minutes into this movie. Uh, he does gymnastics. Uh, and then 40 minutes at that point. He does gymnastics, uh, falls down a long hill. There is a note on IMDb that the hill 
the hill tumble took 47 seconds of, of film time of like screen time oh. suck it swordfish it took 47 <laughs> minutes um then my next note amin is gonna block maze's number <laughs> <laughs> this is it this is it for cinephobe i then wrote the note i was kind of hoping he'd die at the end of this fall and the rest of the movie is a funeral Again, funnier than anything in that movie. Uh, he sees a billboard for skydiving, gets inspired. I wrote, I just realized we're 16 minutes into this movie, and I thought we were going to watch Rad. That's my note. So 16 minutes in, I, I thought we were watching Rad. I, I, re, I rewound because I thought the billboard had a mention of $50,000 on it. Oh, okay. It does not. Uh, so Rod wants to raise the money to save Frank's life with one big jump. He's going to jump 15 buses, one more than Evil Knievel jumped. Wait, hold on. So I'm I'm sorry. Like coming in and we've just got Danny McBride high-fiving nonstop and then he goes, "And that is how it's done." Nothing from you guys. No. Yeah. You know how much I love Danny McBride, man. Yeah. I'm in on just about everything he does. Dave needs to leave or Dave tries to sneak out to go to work, so they just plan things at the ice rink while Dave is working. Um, he's telling them how they're all going to go down, how it's all going to go down. At one point, they there's a homeless man talking, and they thought it was Rod. They celebrate by popping bubble wrap. I wrote yeah. that. I wrote that's clever, not funny, but clever. Now they're back at the house. Am I missing anything, Mazes? Nope. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to be a dick about this. I'm really not. No, I get it. Yeah, I, uh, I just I really didn't find this funny. It's fine. Uh, Back at the house, he's trying to flirt with Denise again. He's just in the garage hammering on an engine because he thinks that's what men do. He initiates her into the crew. They all introduce themselves by saying they this, like to party. So this is the part where I legit was like, all right, I may not finish this movie. Wow. Like It was literally turn off levels. So it's arguments about, no, only I get to stay at party. And then at the end, he yeah. says, let's party. And I wrote let's this. Is com- and then I wrote this movie isn't really trying. All right. So once again, nothing from you guys on Danny McBride's improvised nightmare about punching wizards and fucking all their wives. No, because it, it looked like the start of a joke that Danny McBride would figure out years later on on stage. <laughs> like to me, that's the setup. That's a setup for the joke of, young- of fucking the cave women in Land of the Lost at the end. Right. Yeah. Like to me, that's that was the. The, the spark of that joke, and decade. then we see it later on in Land of the Lost. Took them ha- half a decade to come up with. <laughs> they're training by having – they're holding him underwater. He says, soul of a bottlenose dolphin. One appears in his eyes. My next note is there's no way Amin will have a lot of notes for this movie. We're 23 minutes in. Yeah, that's about right. Uh, he passes out because he's supposed to ring a bell if he's in trouble. The string to the bell broke, and they didn't notice because they're arguing about Kool-Aid. Okay, okay so uh- – you know, beats of comedy. You you realize, oh, okay, I'm gonna pull on the bell, ring the bell, and so I knew somehow the the, the rope would get detached. Right. But I was in, incredibly annoyed by the fact that rather than just have him be under the bell and then the rope come out immediately or start too far from the bell and the rope, he actually walks away from the bell. I'm like, oh, so they like they are clearly doing it. Like, not clearly from the movie st- standpoint, but from the production standpoint. Now, he's got to be farther so that the rope cannot detach. Like, y'all produced it that way to make it, I don't know. I was just very annoyed at what I thought was very sloppy production work on that one. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm, I'm 100% with you. Uh, Denise performs CPR on him. He spits water in her face. She says she's going to go wash off the puke from her face. He asks, did it look like we were making out? His friend says yes. 
I love Bill Hader yelling at his kid sister in this scene about the Kool-Aid, though. And then Danny McBride says that he can't have cherry because it'll upset his stomach. Again, it was just, it just. I'm just gonna chime in every time that I found something funny. That's, that's all I got. No, I think, no, no. I want to. I want to know what you find funny. I, wanna, I do want to know what made you laugh yeah. because, like, like to me, it would. That was just a uh, a lamer version of Ma the meatloaf. We want it now, right? Like the whole yeah, like yeah, gambit, yeah. Uh, and like I wanted the little sister to cuss him out or be like, just hey, shut the fuck up, get your own fuck, like something. But no, she just goes and gets the Kool Aid. I'm like, okay, this is someone's daughter who wanted to be in a movie, I guess. Yeah. So now uh, we're we're training for G force. He's gonna ride a skateboard down a hill. We get the whole whiskey thing. Oh, oh, he pronounces this, it hard with an H. And, and I wrote. Like, and I write, stole a bit from from Family Guy. I write. Yeah. It's like they stole the the Family Guy oh, cool not, whip stick. Which it's came not out. like it. Yeah, no, well, it, yeah. It, well, no. So they claim it's from something else. So that so that episode of right. Family Guy I checked came out nine months before this movie did. Yes. Uh. So I wrote. Did they steal it? Then there's a note on IMDb. That the gag in which the syllable WH was enunciated was inspired by a skit from the album Moment of Truth by the hip hop group Gangstar. That's allegedly where they took it from. Okay. Or you know what? Like when the TV show that's watched by millions of people comes out and does the bit and does it very funnily and very, very, very popularly, like maybe maybe you need to give up on your actually I got it from the ancient scrolls of no, doesn't matter. You did it, you didn't do it as funny, and you did it after they did it. And so I'm watching, like, really? Now we're just stealing bits? That's a, yeah. That's, and yeah, also, no, no, like... No. They, they men see it. They really did. They Carlos yeah. see it, this thing. Oh, I stole it from someone else. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, spoiler alert, this doesn't go well. Uh, he crashes hard into a trailer after screaming whiskey. My trailer! What the hell? One of you is getting your dick hole smashed. Oh. Oh! oh. I'm freaking... Oh. I've been drinking green tea all goddamn day. Oh, man, he hit his ass with a working toe, man. Yeah. Nice. God, I go to church every goddamn Sunday. You gonna bring the demons out of me? Oh, you go. You got him. Not with the trash can, please. No, 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 no. You know, trash! All right, let's get him off. Okay, 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 okay. You better work. No, 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 no. This is my hat now. This is totally my hat. <laughs> I love this Danny McBride part. I laughed when he put on the hat. I, I laughed at that. I did laugh at that. Okay. All right. And then they go do the dancing in the parking lot. As uh, I chuckled at that. I chuckled when they're doing the little. And he shoves him into the van. Rico shoves no, him no. Yeah. into the van. That's, no, that, I didn't laugh at that. I laughed at when he's talking to the girl and in the background, Bill Hader and Danny McBride are doing like circles with yeah. their arms out like airplane, yeah, airplanes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, the, that's the one part I laughed at. Now we're introduced to Denise's boyfriend, Jonathan, played by Will Arnett. Well, uh, again, a, again, someone I love. And monster I'm, comedy, yeah. I'm ready for him to come in. And that first scene, he comes in and he plays it perfect. And then, like, we never see him or we see him, like, two more scenes. And one of them isn't funny. And I'm just like, y'all wouldn't let anybody just be funny, huh? Like, you just, whoever was writing and producing this, like, no, no, you don't do it like that. You just stick to the script that stinks. And I'm just like, yo, this is the funny one of the funniest dudes. By the way, at the peak at of the his time, funny. right? Yeah, yeah, he was, like, he was hot then. This dude was on fire, man. Yeah. Like, just let him be Job. Like, he got it from here. You ain't got to give him. Yeah, let, let, let him be the dude from Let's Go to Prison. Let him be any of these characters that he was on fire with, like at that time. Like, no, no, no. I thought he was funny in every scene. So he's a lawyer with a red convertible Corvette. He takes Denise away before Rod can ask her out. She asks what he wanted to ask her. She says. 
or he says he's going to ask who would win in a fight between a grilled cheese sandwich and a taco. She doesn't believe him, but then answers saying a grilled cheese and a fair fight, prison rules, and she's taking the taco. He says, wow, that's pretty racist, but correct. I wrote half laugh, maybe. The taco grilled cheese thing, apparently they retconned it in from a drawing that someone did on set. (laughs) Someone made a drawing of this, and then they wrote it into the movie and made it kind of a huge callback point. So that was questionable for sure. Interesting. Well, quite, yeah. Uh, family dinners, Frank's sitting with them, no fighting promise. Then they almost fight. Have fun being married to Satan. No, that's, that, that made you laugh. No, you, you giggled. You were like, oh, what a line. Um, you were like, oh, I want my text messages to come in and that to be the little tone. Like, Have fun on Satan. <laughs> like that. That's how you felt. Yeah, because every every joke that I like, I make my text tone. <laughs> Dude, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I would. Once you go black, you gonna need a wheelchair. I would make that a text tone if it wasn't just too much work. Uh, we're outside now. We're training again. Rod is wrapped in pillows, sneaking around. Gets hit by a van with a mattress strapped to the front. Uh, now Rod and Denise are talking about Will Arnett. He's daydreaming about her. Um, I wrote the note is the, is the point of this movie just to have the soundtrack? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The soundtrack is tight. A lot, a lot of budget went into very, very popular, very expensive song. That song is, uh, Giorgio Moradair, the theme from midnight run. Oh yeah. Um, so Rod flirts with a cashier from the place they go to. She says yes, as he's awkward about it. She doesn't say yes. He's fucking lying for sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> they cut right. away, and he just like lies about it and s- talks about how great their date is going to be. I, it took me a while to figure out that he was trying to do that to make her jealous. Like I was just like, "What's going on?" Is he like? I I, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Like yeah. I was like, "Oh, it's like it was like after the third close up on her." I was like, "Oh, oh, he's." Instead, he makes uh, Bill Hader jealous because uh, Bill Hader liked the cashier, uh, right? Uh, we got a double date incoming. Um, she stands him up, or I guess it never agreed to it. So he's third wheeling with uh, Jonathan and Denise at the restaurant. Jonathan sees a friend See, at the wait, bar. Hold on. Why would he be checking his watch and being very irritated that she didn't show up if she never said yes to be? Oh, with? yeah, that's a good question, man. Like his behavior at the date indicates he thought she would actually show up. Oh, so maybe she just said yes and... Maybe she just said yes, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, and never intended to. It was, it was pretty clear that she wasn't into his shit. Three flaming Dr. Peppers, though, Zach. Oh! Speak of Diablo. Bombs away. Oh! There's a flavor! <laughs> uh, so, how's your mom holding up, Rod? Oh, um... Pretty good, I guess. I mean, sometimes I think she's really sad. Holy shit, is that Sullivan? Sully? Bro, no way! No way, Sully. Babe, I gotta say what up to Sullivan. Okay. Sweet. Hey, don't you two go falling in love while I'm gone. (laughs) What that'll happen? Sullivan, you chode! I owe you a shot to the nuts! Like, that one was like, okay. Like, that was when I was still had hope, like, oh, they'll let... Will Arnett be this complete douchebag, whatever? And they show him like at the bar very briefly. It looks like he's talking to a girl, but again, then they don't. They like literally they show that for a second, but they'll show us the dude dancing by the pool for a good nineteen minutes. Uh, uh, I, I don't. No, you're yeah, no, you're right. Uh, Will Arnett sees a friend at the bar named Sully. Leaves to go say what's up. He says, "Don't you two go falling in love while I'm gone." Then he laughs like that'll happen. 
Sullivan, you chode. I owe you a shot to the nuts. That's a laugh. Come on. I, no, I thought that was funny. I thought I that smiled. was funny. I but, smile. But yeah. I was ready for, like, more of that. Like, yeah. let him be all in as this villain character. And, and then, just never delivered. Yeah, and then there's a – then he shows uh, Denise the picture by saying, have I ever showed you a picture of my dead dad? You've got to see it. He's super dead. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Silence. Uh, Silence. Uh, says his dad used to do the jumps for Evil Knievel before to make sure they're safe, but finally wanted the credit for doing them. So he set out to jump 10 milk trucks. His front tire exploded. He died. Handlebars or his handlebars went into his head. He describes his whole gruesome screen says he died instantly the next day. So uh, there's another thing I've just realized right now. Many of these jokes, I believe, would be funnier if the first half of the movie was funny. Right, like at some point, it's it's almost to like coasting set, to on, set up like the writing. If you're coasting on a bike, if you're like riding a bike, riding a bike, riding a bike, and then you hit a downhill portion, you don't have to pedal and it just coasts, and it's like, oh wow! But you can't just get on a bike and be like, go. Like it doesn't work like that, and that's what this movie is. Many of these little, like, I guess I can't even call them jokes. I call them potentially humorous moments are sapped of any momentum because the, the bike was never moving. It was just dead on the floor. And so, like, yeah, oh, the dead dad, dead dad. I'm like, if I had been, like, already smiling and laughing and into it, then I might be so more inclined to, like, okay, like, on its surface, not really that funny, but, like, in the context of everything else that's happened, now it makes it hilarious. So now we're on to phase two of training. It's not going well. They're earning money at birthday parties. Uh, 50 minutes left in this movie. I wrote the note. I don't have a lot for this montage. Amin and Maze, anything you found funny in this montage of training? Like, he wrecks a birthday party, but the woman still pays him. I'd be like, get the fuck off my porch and and not pay him. Why is he getting paid for being terrible? There's Rico shooting a lock open with a gun, which I thought was funny. There's Ian McShane's painting of Rod getting fucked by a horse that he's just cheekily painting with his beret on he turns into a human pinata and then kevin's got heelys which i thought was funny at the end okay denise teaches him tai chi but then does a non-tai chi thing to punch him to make him crap himself tai chi does not involve punching at all just by the way so it's accurate for martial arts that this seemed like a kill this seemed like a kill bill ripoff maybe with the yeah the the combo the punch exploding heart right it, yeah it was it was legit straight up bus killington i was just like ah like i just kept yeah. rubbing my brow so the, the the montage ends and then there's one final stunt that he's doing where he's in a tower and then rico hits the detonation early it explodes rico gets in the car and drives away and then my, this is my favorite scene of the movie is the man Telling him that he's a terrible stuntman. You're a terrible stuntman. What? You're a terrible stuntman. What? You're a terrible stuntman. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I can hear you. It was just really mean. Nothing. God, you guys are just like comatose. <laughs> Come on, that's not, that's not funny. I did. It didn't. Uh, it didn't. It didn't uh, hit for me. The demolition just reminded me of like the Tropic Thunder come out before or after this movie. After. But, 
because I was like, I was thinking. So it's wow, so it's set up a later a later yeah. joke for Danny McBride. Like he's just kind of working like through movie, stuff here. Yeah, I feel like this movie was just Danny McBride. Like maybe in a couple of years, just I'll cut find his this teeth. Movie. Yeah, yeah. He's building his resume. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kevin has been cutting together a promo video, a hype video for Rod. They're gonna play it uh, at the auditorium. They're passing out flyers. Uh, I did find this funny. So the Richardson, the guy who was doing pelvic thrusts, yeah. they let him join, and he's just throwing piles <laughs> yeah. of flyers in the face of strangers and throwing them in the air. I love when he runs up on the old lady with the groceries and just. I you're right. I <laughs> I wrote the, the note. Favorite. I found this mildly funny. Like I did think that's what like the idea that you're handing out flyers, but you just chuck them in someone's <laughs> face. Like I thought that was like I was like all right, there's something there. And then throw them in the air and do your little dance because that's yeah. all you can do. Frank's pretending to sleep, but he's shit-talking Rod. I said, I don't know, Maze, you got anything? No, that one's whatever. Okay. We've got the note. They've made $4,900 so far. Time to watch the movie at the auditorium. People are laughing at it. Rod gets sad. I love I love Bill Hader holding court with a bunch of tween girls talking about using a flamethrower and drinking out of a brown paper bag. And they're like, cool. And he's like, yeah, it is cool. It's cool as shit. Nothing. Nah, that didn't hit for me. I mean, you? Of course not. Don't ask him. <laughs> so they're, they're in an auditorium? And, so and, the auditorium, and uh, they've uh, he throws the projector out the window. Cops come and make Rod pay because the projector went through the car window. He fights with Kevin. They've now lost all the money. I write, this is barely halfway over. Then I write the note, Howard the Duck is 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. I can't believe it's that low. That was due to an Amino Hassan tweet that I saw. Really engaged at this point. Yeah, well, yeah, I was pretty engaged. <laughs> yeah, at this I mean, point. this is rock bottom. And then he finds out his dad wasn't a stuntman and actually choked to death on pie. So he yeah. decides really? to hang up his uh, his stuntman career. So this this must have been when Amin was on his phone. Oh, I like yo. That's why I was like yo. That would have been. Oh, a funny I, thought, I thought you were setting that up earlier. I know Amin earlier. You're like, what if he wasn't a stuntman? <laughs> Yeah, I thought you were setting that up earlier. No, oh, no, wow, I never... he's already setting up shit later in the show. Yeah, no, no, I didn't know. Oh, I yeah. thought he was just a stuntman all the time. Oh, yeah, he died by choking on pie in a pie-eating contest. Rod throws a tantrum, tears his fake mustache up. Now he's dressed normally, shopping for alcohol, tells his friends he's not a stuntman anymore, he's just a normal guy. Uh, then there's an inspirational speech he attempts and then walks away and gets knocked o- or gets plowed by a van. I write, he's okay. I love McBride flipping out. Who am I supposed to build ramps for? Who am I supposed to build ramps for now? Nothing. Dave calls uh, to get a ride to the hospital. Hey, Rod, thanks for the ride. Ah! Hey, buddy, how's it going? Dave, what happened to your eye? This? Yeah. Is it really noticeable? Yeah. Oh, man, it's totally serendipitous. Um, well, I got off work early, and uh, you know my buddy Derek? Well, he was like, I've got this acid, but I can't do it. And I was all like, well, I'll do it. So I did it. And uh, by the time I got on my banana board, man, I was, I was tripping balls pretty hard, man. So I decided to get on my bench grinder, and uh, a piece of metal flew up hit me right in the eye. It's pretty awesome. And uh, that brings us to now. Yeah, well, just try and relax. Can do, man. Can do. I'm gonna be honest with you, Rod. You look like a giant eagle with fire all around you. You've got a 
mountain for a face. I'm guessing that's the drugs, Dave. Yeah, but it's also just kind of weird seeing you drive this minivan. Yeah, well, it's my mom's. Balls, man! We just ran over a small bus. It's a really small bus. I just ran over it. I didn't see anything. Hey, we're here. Hey, seriously, man, this is like one of the top ten nicest things anybody has ever done for me. Don't worry about it. things are feeling pretty bad for you right now. What with your biological dad not being a real stuntman and whatnot. But I don't know the way I look at it. You still got this other dad at home, sick in bed. and You sure do love him, man. And if he's sick and you've got the talent to make him better, well, that's pretty special. And to deny that would just be dumb. All right. Take it easy, Mountain Face. Hospital? Trash can. Sweet. Thanks, buddy. Uh, apparently that's a real story where he was the friend driving the, the acid tripper to the hospital. That's a, that's a real story from Bill Hader where his friend did acid and got something stuck in his face. That's a little note there. I like this sequence. I thought it was funny. And I love, uh, I love how he hits him with some really insightful stuff and then says, see you later, mountain face. And thinks that a trash can is the hospital. And then also when he's inside, the nurse walks up to him and he like flips out and like tries to hit her. And then he like slowly is like sitting down on the ground. Yeah, sure. This is this is so uh, this is such an exercise in futility, right? Back at home, Kevin. <laughs> I'm, just doing, waiting, I'm just waiting for the the two legitimately funny scenes that I have in my notes here. Back at home, Kevin does karaoke for stuffed animals. I wrote the question mark. That is that funny? Uh, they do this cool beans exchange in a weird yeah. way. That's not uh, funny at all to let's me. You, let's you make, oh, the whole thing with the chanting. That's the other thing that's really big in this movie. Oh, no. Like, oh, like ancestors protect me or something. Yeah. yeah. And they, they grab each other's heads. So the thing about the cool beans song, it was originally pulled by the director, but the scene was edited by Sandberg and Jorma. And eventually the director inserted the scene into the last test screening where it received high remarks from the audience with some Jesus. saying it's one of their favorite parts of the film. Jesus I wrote the note. I wrote the note. You got to get to 89 minutes somehow. Jesus fucking Christ. All right, go then ahead. I wrote the note. Do you have to be high for this movie? Part of the video gets passed around the neighborhood. Now there's funding from a radio station for the jump. It's getting set up by professionals. An AM radio station. People don't listen to AM like they used to. Seems like it's more about FM and color TV. That's stupid. It sure is, Kevin. In fact, I've got a tattoo here that fully illustrates my point. It's of this rebellious young man, and he's urinating on an FM radio. And then this other stream of urine is going on to that television set. Implausible, I know, but I like to imagine that he had sex the night before, and now a little bit of residue is blocking his urethra, allowing the urine to flow in two separate directions. You may also note that an AM radio is sitting safely dry in the middle. It's all magic carpet there. He says he spent the station's final $15,000 on this jump. Rod tries to call Denise. Jonathan won't give her the message. Frank has a week to live. 27 minutes left in this movie. Okay. All right. And that's the one scene. Right oh, that's it? One. That's the one that, that got well, that's you? one of the scenes, yeah. Okay. Where yeah. he's walking into the house and yep. he sees the paramedics coming out. And and I don't even think they're on on screen at this point. You just hear them off screen say, I give the old man a week to live. And the guy's it's really insensitive, Bob. 
I laughed at that. Like yeah, I legit that's funny. like laughed. At, yeah, laughed that's a at, that's like, a good line. I wanted the movie to have more of that. Like just be sillier in that way, not sillier like. Nah, nah, nah. Oh, he hit me! Like, well, I find myself. I find most of the stuff that I'm laughing at is stuff like that. That's like the beginning of a scene or the end of a scene. Like coming in and but you know, Gary McBride is telling a right. story. And it's just like a transition. I don't find like I don't find most of what Andy Samberg does in this movie to be funny. Yeah, it's really hard for me to understand that you like this movie and say the the main actor who's on the screen eighty nine percent of the time. Like eh, it's not much much of what he does. Well, I will say this in a similar way, although it's more fleshed out. uh, The the TV show New Girl. I can't stand Zoe Deschanel. I can't stand her character on the show, but I love fucking everything else about that show. It's one of my favorite shows because everyone else on the show is hilarious. Trash show. Go ahead. No, 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 no. no. You're focused on the wrong parts of it. I don't think you've done the, I don't think you've done your homework on that show. So I wrote the note 27 minutes left in this movie. Oh wait, there's probably like five minutes of credits, 22 minutes exclamation point. Was that the happiest you were at any point? Yeah. In this movie? Sure. For sure. Frank warns Rod he's going to kill, get himself killed. Frank explains his heart on Rod because he needs to be a man when Frank dies, says he won't respect him until Rod beats him in a fight, not completes the jump. It's the day of the jump. We got a slow walking montage of people falling behind who eventually are singing and then a riot breaks out. There's looting everywhere. The interesting thing about this riot scene is that so the movie's set in Vancouver and the end of the riot, there's a couple making out on a car. And do you guys remember the Stanley Cup riots in 2011 when the the Canucks won the cup? There was a How couple making forget? out in a riot. <laughs> this movie predicted the future. That's such a good How could I forget? Then I write the note. You know what this movie is? The Lonely Island sketches were often pretty funny. I loved a lot of them and would die over them. But every once in a while, they had a big miss, and it always felt like that big miss went on for like six minutes. And I was waiting for the payoff, and it never happened, except this is an 89-minute waiting for payoff. Yeah, fair enough. That's my note for that. Yeah. So I found this part humorous when they're wondering, they're, they're talking about like, how could, like, why did that riot break out? And Danny McBride has, it's holding yeah. a TV. It's just like, yeah, man, I, you just gotta, I can't remember what he says, but it's along the lines of like, yeah, man, we just had to get out of there. I don't know what happened. I don't know who would do that. There wasn't time to do anything. Yeah, there wasn't time to do anything, but he's holding a TV. <laughs> That's humorous. Denise finds out about the jump, ditches Jonathan. I write unfunny scene with him calling out babe to her. Grab a vitamin water. Should I make that dose? No, thanks. Coolio. Maybe I'll get a box of dong bags so we can knock boots later. What do you think? Truly a momentous day for listening as stuntman Rod Kimball will jump 15 buses in a last-ditch effort to save his stepfather. My oops, forgot my wallet. Jonathan, Rod's doing the jump. Oh, my God, who cares? Babe, why do you hang with those nerds? I like those nerds. Well, guess what? You're embarrassing yourself. It's only embarrassing if you care what people think. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. Babe. Goodbye. Babe, wait. Babe, wait. Babe, wait. Babe. Babe, wait. Babe. 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 Babe, wait. Babe, no. Babe, no. Babe, no. Babe. 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 No, babe. It's time for the jump. He has a new jacket. He can't control his dirt bike. He has the fake mustache again. I write the note. If my laptop dies, do I finish out my notes for this movie? 
I mean, I would I would guess that you would say no. Spoiler alert, I, it didn't die in time, so I got all my notes. Uh, Denise wishes him luck, says he doesn't know. He says he doesn't know what he's doing, that he's not a stuntman. She kisses him. It's a very awkward kiss because he doesn't know how to kiss. Dave thought they were brother and sister. That shatters my entire universe. Right, but then if I do, and I think it's just Chris Parnell can sell just about anything for me. But uh, he he gives the note. I'm not saying that kiss was hot, but if the boner police are here, I demand a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. I laughed at that. I think he's funny. He can say anything, and I'll find it funny. He's got an amazing voice. He actually kind of has the perfect voice for AM radio. Yeah, he really does. It fit really well. Yeah. There's also that live band performing that I I guess I thought this entire time was the Dan Band. It's not. You know who it is? It's Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah, which I don't know their songs, but I know the name Queens of the Stone Age. They've been around for a super long time, so I I just never pieced that together. They're just white people on a stage singing a song I didn't want to hear. Drummer was like Indian or something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The money stopped coming in at like $37,000. They want to see if he's going to be able to do it. He calls to all these animals, including a house cat. Uh, he does the jump. He loses his bike in midair, flies over the buses. Bike goes crashing through the stage. Chris Parnell says, I hope none of his friends had a fight with him this morning because he's probably dead. It's humorous. Um, they think he's having an out-of-body out of experience. He's walking around in heaven. There's a taco costume and a grilled cheese costume having a fight. Uh, taco costume hits the grilled cheese with a chair. The grilled cheese is bleeding out. Rod comes to and tells Neil the taco did, in fact, win. Uh, Rod tries to get up. They're telling him not to get up or move. He gets up anyway, falls back down, crowd's cheering. When he wakes up, he says, uh, Hoobastank. The silence on this podcast. Denise and Kevin, uh, help him stand and walk. Phone rings to bring in money. They hit 50K. Chris Parnell says, they've raised $50,000 for Frank's conveniently priced surgery. That's a nice little callback, yeah. That was funny. funny. And then this thing that made me laugh legitimately. Ebenezer Scrooge? Ebenezer Scrooge. To me, I I was like, where has this sort of non-sequitur humor been the entire movie? Oh, Evan, he's a, and a goose for everyone, dude. I like I was cackling. I wow. Was like, okay. I didn't think that was gonna do it. Oh, that did it, man. That sent that's me unbelievable. Home. But that wow. to me, like that's if you're gonna do a movie like this, and I think that's why Step Brothers and all these other movies you said like they they succeed is because if you're gonna be absurd, be absurd. Don't be mildly absurd. Don't be lazily absurd. Oh, right? yeah. Like, 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 come out of here. Come out of the gates with something. Like swing for the fences. Ebenezer Scrooge. The fact that he's sticking his head out of the bus with a goose. And I was like, at first, I was like, yo, is that supposed to be like Scrooge from Christmas Carol? And then Chris Parnell says, and Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, then I was like, okay, all right. Y'all got me on this one. Even uh, even, even this Scrooge right here is heart warmed enough to laugh. At this moment, I like I legitimately laugh out loud. All right, so I got to ask a question about this. So I, there's an interview where Jorma Tacone says that originally bells were going to start ringing, it was going to start snowing, and it was be- going to become Christmas. And then they couldn't do that because they couldn't afford it, so they just left Ebenezer Scrooge. If they had done all that, you probably wouldn't have liked it as much, right? Yeah, exactly. I don't think that's it, funny, right? Yeah, I don't yeah, think that. I don't think that's that funny. Yeah, it's just so out of place for Ebenezer Scrooge just to pop out of nowhere. And drop that line. That's funny. But if you like make it into Christmas and there's a fine line. I know I just said like if you're gonna be absurd, be absurd. But then 
then it goes, I don't know. I can't. That's it's, overkill it's, though, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's overkill. It's too much of the joke. So I mean, only the only joke that Reed really liked was a botched joke. Yeah, <laughs> that they couldn't yeah, afford to do the way they wanted to do. Rod and Frank are gonna fight. Rod has a wispy mustache. Frank's heart is stronger than before. They tackle. He tackles and he punches him in the face. Frank hits him with the ninja star, throwing star. Uh, they're outside fighting now. They're in another yard. He makes Frank say he's a man. Uh, does the thing to make it, make Frank shit himself. Freeze frame and end of movie. Amin, Fober file. I'm a file. No, I'm just kidding. No, I say it was terrible. That that that's the, now I'm taking the top spot of the, my least favorite movie we've watched. Which I just uh, I can't believe that I really it's, like. It's, you, what was the previous? Worse. What was the previous? Mister Magoo and Kangaroo Jack. You're saying it's worse than Mr. no, 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 Magoo no. And Kangaroo oh no, Jack. no, 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 no. Kangaroo Jack is not. It was Mister between Mister Magoo and uh, Jupiter Ascending. Oh yeah, that's because Jupiter Sending just didn't make long. sense. Yeah, and it's real, and it, and it was long, and 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 clearly they spent a lot of money on it. So maybe it hasn't supplanted that one. But I could watch Mr. Magoo again. Really, <laughs> I could. <laughs> really, like if you said you got to watch one of these two movies again, I I would go with Mr. Magoo. Right? Wow, because I mean... because. Because all of like the sexual innuendo is so heavy-handed. <laughs> yeah, it's, I can, there's like the dick mobile. Like, like my thing is this: like, I'm not saying it's a good movie or even a better movie. I'm just saying it is sufficiently bad in a way where I can sit and make fun of it to yeah. entertain myself. And I did like that's the biggest criticism I have about Hot Rod is just it's not even bad in the right way. It's just dull to me it's not bad it's dull i do wonder i wonder if this is a movie on a second watch if it becomes better you know i'm never gonna find out i'm never gonna find out i I don't think you i don't think you'll ever solve that question yeah maze i mean it's a file for me sure you still love it i still love it it's it's tough because uh having watched it after Bracing myself for both of your feedbacks and trying to watch it with a more critical eye. I definitely, it's definitely not anywhere near a movie like Step Brothers, which is used to be in the same kind of pantheon of something that I would just throw on all the time. But I definitely still like the supporting. I think every supporting character is really funny. I think Ian McShane's funny. I think Danny McBride's funny. I think Bill Hader's funny. I think Will Arnett's funny. And that's enough for me. I think they're funny in other things. You thought Chaco was funny in this? Jorma, Jorma's thing is like he really does look like a little kid in this movie. He, like the, no, the, he, the part of does. him singing to the animals is like okay, but like, he's that's clearly an adult. So I don't, you know, I don't even care whether he's an adult or a kid. He's not funny. The funniest thing he did was like lay down on top of his dad, where his dad yeah. stroked his hair, right. That was the moment when I thought, oh, it would be so much funny if he was the stepson. Him using Heelys and him getting thrown into the van were his highlights of this movie. So that's not exactly glowing to me. Interesting. It's a phobe for me. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I was. I just, and I, and I, I, look, I know it didn't come off this way, Maze, but like I was willing to hear out. Like there were part, like when we did Land of the Lost, I, I didn't enjoy Land of the Lost. But as you guys talked about it and mentioned some stuff, I'm like, all right, that was kind of funny here and there, right? I still don't like the movie. I, would, I probably wouldn't watch it again. But. <laughs> But the like it was Latin Grammys, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but this movie, like 
man, like even like, your name and stuff. And I'm not doing it for the bit. Like I legitimately just didn't find those parts of, yeah. the, of the movie funny. I just, you know what? Like, I, it's just, it's just not anything. It's just, they're just there. They're just there. I mean, this your guys' reaction sounds a lot like the way I felt about White Chicks. But, it, yeah, like, White Chicks was a loose collection of heavy-handed humor interspersed with some genuinely funny bits. Like, there wasn't even that. Like, there were, where, where, there were not even jokes in this movie. It was just... A, a recurring theme, that a joke that should have been happening more is Danny McBride randomly pushing people for no reason. Right, like it happens twice in the movie, and the both are funny. But well, the you know, kid one's funny, and the, the the van one's okay. You know what's funny, Maze? I've I've been in your position before because I grew up like up until like maybe like seven years ago. I thought the Transformers cartoon movie that came out in the eighties was like the pinnacle of storytelling, intricate character development. It's like, oh, it moves great. Oh, you wow, that's oh so much better than these new Transformers movies. And then I think it was like seven years ago, I went back and I watched it. It is so bad. And I was like, what was I thinking? And I was like, oh, yeah, I was like seven. Of course, I thought it was a pinnacle of character development and storytelling. Like, this is terrible. This is trash. Like, just some movies that when you watch it at a certain time, you're like, this is great. And then you go back and watch it like, why did I think this was good? Fuck even white chicks. Like I, I remember, I was like, like yeah, you so, were about you were about it, and then and then you know you. It starts a lot slower. Yeah, I was like, it yeah. starts a lot slower than I remember. Yeah, there's there's no way I can separate the nostalgia, the memory of watching this movie when I was eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old right. from from now. Tell us what you think in the Discord. Tell us what you think on Twitter at Darth Amin, at Corn Puzzle at Talk Hoops. Uh, thanks for subscribing. Uh, this is now on the, I think it's now on the mailbag feed. Consistently now, moving forward. I think it's free now forever. Yeah. All right. Free forever. Here we go. All right. let, you, got, you guys begged for it. And now we gave it to you. Yeah. Now we'll replace it with something else on Patreon. Uh, we have a couple of things in the works there. Uh, thanks for subscribing. Tell your friends now that it's free. Tell everybody about this podcast. Yeah. Tell everybody. And, and also let's just say, uh, we didn't even tell the people the good news. What's the good news? Well, I don't know if it's good news, but it's news. So as you probably know, if you listen to our podcast, you know the live show is coming up October yes. 12th, Saturday, uh, October 12th in San Francisco at the Independent. Everyone's going to be there. It's great. I don't even know if tickets are still available, but go to counterthings.com, check it out. Maybe there are a couple left. I don't know. But this is the big news of the week. and I'm, I'm pretty mad it came out after we recorded Bomb. Apparently, we got a cease and desist Yeah. Letter. From the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the show the Warriors didn't want you to see. Right? I'm not lying. I'm 100 fucking percent telling the truth. The Warriors sent us a cease and desist letter. So if you want to know what that cease and desist letter was about. You got to get to the show, baby. You got to come to the show. You got to know why they were so hot to try to keep us from marketing our show, from putting the word out there. October so come 12th. on through. Come on through. If you're in the Bay Area, if anyone in California, you really have no excuse. We got people like, driving up from L.A. It, yeah, carpool it. Yeah. Why not? These people are all just like you. They're big fans. And if you're not, if you're, if you're, if you're in Phoenix, if you're in Denver, if you're in anywhere that's like a southwest hour and a half flight away. Hey, man, the first, first show we ever did, we had someone drive from Indianapolis. 
Yes. People, to, people, to, people to travel, man. Yeah, to the Bay. To Oakland. So, San Francisco Independent Theater, October 12th. If there are tickets still available, they'll be on countthedings.com. Find out what's too hot for the Warriors. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.